I, I'm Sadiq. And I'm disappointed in this Kendrick Lamar album. I know we're not going to talk a lot about, about it. I know we're not going to talk that much about Fuck. it, but I need no. to express some some basic sure. disappointment sure, in this sure, Kendrick sure. album. Also, I'm Christian. But so if you all have not heard the new Kendrick Lamar album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers came out recently. You know, everyone was waiting for some Conroe Kenny, you know, now Oklahoma, Kung Fu Kenny, whatever, whatever name he's going by nowadays. And the album at its whole is like him dealing with his own trauma and him going to therapy, which, you know, hell yeah, brother, go to therapy. You know, like, yeah, like we, we support that in this household or multiple households, I guess. But but the main issue is the perspectives he brings is a I, I it seems like a basic level reading of restorative justice, right? Reformative justice. Right. Uh, so I, the the thing I I, I like, want to say here is that Kendrick since like seems to have like over the i guess over the last few years has developed like a sense of i i feel i guess he has read some literature maybe or listened to some literature or you know has an understanding of like social justice issues better than he did a few years prior to this right like a like a more deeper understanding of these social issues but at the same time it also feels like he just like just yesterday he learned about these issues and he's it's it feels surface level like the album's takes album's attempts at dealing with various social justice issues uh feels very surface level feels very sort of casual but like there's a tweet i saw and i'm sorry i don't remember the person's name but they were like this new kendrick lamar album has less introspection than a social bus justice book from the 1950s Right, like that was sort of the take there, and I mean, which is true, which is true. I mean, some of the more personal cuts, like you know, the um, songs we talk about, his father, um, the, my mother, I sober. Those have very, very good introspective takes, but it's when he tries to apply that to like a, a broader concept that it falls apart because his idea is like we should let abusers, you know, come back into the world after paying for their sins. You know, you know, we can, we should forgive the abusers who have abused people. But the issue with that perspective is that none of the album focuses on those who have been abused. Right. So like he's mentioning R. Kelly, Kodak Black, all people who have like these are not allegations. Those like, are not objectively allegations. have <laughs> admitted to yeah. doing like yeah, horrible, horrible acts. Yeah, horrible and stuff, yeah. and it it takes it from their perspective of, oh, they can change and become better, which I can't say I don't disagree with, but it's just that you do not have a conversation about abusers without talking about those who have been abused and focusing it on them, right? The conversation has to be focusing on improving the conditions for those who were abused. And then afterwards, okay, sure, we can have a conversation about abusers. But you, you can't just be like, throw all that shit to the side for anyone who's been abused and say, well, the people, the reason the abusers were abused themselves, so therefore we should forgive them. Like that's such a surface level take that Mitch is so much stuff. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very surface level, and it comes off as very sort of. I think somebody, I think I heard somebody mention that he's very much like. I think you mentioned this that celebrity culture has ruined Kendrick. Like it has sort of warped his perspective, right? Of course, because he's a whole fucking thing. Being like, "What's cancel culture, dog?" Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh my god. Yeah, like uh, it's a logic album, in its like. In its in its logic album, in its sense that it's like surface level takes like logic does in his albums, very sort of superficial surface level analysis. Yeah, and and then there's one other track that I need to talk about. I posted on Mastodon about it already, but I need to get it on the podcast. It's a song, Auntie Diaries. Where the entire per- the, the, the 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 thesis of, of the song is, you know, hey, I have a transgender family member. I was problematic in the past. But they helped me realize that my behavior was problematic because of issues I had of people being problematic towards me and, and my race. And that sort of helped me realize that, oh, this, that, that, you know, even my religious views, whatever, may say this is wrong. They're, they're a human and I should respect that person's gender and how they live and their sexuality, which on a whole, that is a, that's a good, that, that's a good concept. That's a good take. I'm not sure if we need that take from Kendrick Lamar, but, but that, that idea of being put into the world is not one I disagree with. It's just the execution of it where he is dead naming this trans person, misgendering them, dropping slurs. And, and it's like, and it's, it's a part of that. Um, I'm going to play a character. And as a part of playing the character, I'm going to say these slurs, but that's not how that works. If you are not, if you're not reclaiming it, right? Like white, black people saying the N word is, is, recla- is them reclaiming it. That makes sense. But straight people are saying the, the F slur, right? Those things the, that you, you can't reclaim that piece. That was never your word to reclaim. So him doing that as a part of it, it's just problematic. And, and I, 
I just need to say, I, I feel like I need to see it because there's so many like white trans people I see online being like, this is a great representative song. It's so good. Kendrick Suits on the community. He's ain't doing shit for it. This is. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So if you, if you, if you come from that arc, like if you like, if I play devil's advocate for that point of view here is that what is he doing? Like, what is the thing that he's bring? What is he helping? What is he actually trying to achieve with this song? Like, is he trying to say that? Uh, his views have improved over the time, and so you should also like you know look at your own like transphobia like and look at it from a different angle. Is that what he's trying to say, or is it just like a very sort of like I, I it feels uh it it feels like it's lacking empathy, you know? Like I don't know, it it feels like it's coming from a place that's not really like yeah, it, it feels like he has empathy for this person, but the way he's showing it in the song doesn't like really. I, like jive with the whole like the thing that he learned like what i don't and the thing is people are like he used these slurs to prove a point and i'm just saying sitting here over here like this is kendrick lamar this man knows how to write songs and he does not he does not definitely need to use slurs that are that are still like extremely like potent with with like but used by people uh, to this day uh to to harm harm queer people uh like you don't need to use those slurs to express your like deeper understanding of queer issues or deeper understanding of of your own transphobia or uh, like sort of reflecting on your own transphobia in the past and moving past that like you don't need to use those words to in your song to to move like you can use those words but it's like you don't have to use those words like it's not your word as you said like and there's using those words doesn't do anything like it, it's not helping anybody it doesn't helping the queer person or the transfer the trans person here or or i don't know how it's helping you either so it's like i don't know how it's helping kendrick either so it's it just feels kind of kind of pointless to be honest uh that's that's how i'm feeling about this yeah this this album was uh i i was not hot on it like i i listened to it uh and i the thing is i knew it was bad when i woke up that morning that friday morning with a message from you <laughs> uh, saying that uh, something, some COVID ad, I was like, oh boy. Uh, 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 I mean, you, you knew you were I in for a ride was, the second track was and called N95. <laughs> when you saw the second track was called N95, you knew it was, uh, it was, it was going to be something. <laughs> at least it was not like Freddie Gibbs level anti-vax shit, you know? So at least like we, we can give him credit for that, but like definitely. He did the bare minimum. He, it's, it's. I never thought Kendrick would make an album that's very cringe, but this album is what I would call very cringe. Uh, like the cancel culture stuff is just, it's just like rappers do this shit nowadays. And I'm just like, every time I hear it, I'm just like, y'all, y'all need to like reflect on yourself. Like y'all need to like, before you put this into a song, like y'all need to actually think about what that means. Uh, like it's just like the classical stuff. Stuff is very getting very old. I mean, it's been old for a while, but it's like rappers picking it up and putting in the songs, especially rappers that are like massively popular, like massively mainstream, and are certainly not canceled in any sense of the word. So, like I, like I'm just like, no, please, just stop. Like, so this album, no, uh, it's 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 not good, not good, uh, not good. So, so, so let's talk about the Google I/O. Not good. (laughs) I feel like I feel like talking about Google I/O. So this is the thing about Google I/O. I completely forgot Google I/O existed. Uh, I know. It was so funny. I, I, I knew he was. So I texted Sadik the day before and I'm like, yo, you ready for Google IO tomorrow? And then I also put after it, I'm pretty sure you forgot this was even happening. Hundreds, hundred percent. Like, it's just like, I, I think because, uh, I think I just, like, I think the Google IO had just sort of fallen out of, like, I guess in my, like, sort of news feeds, I guess. It's just like, I don't use Google, many Google products anymore. Uh, I don't really follow any Google bloggers. I don't use Twitter anymore. I, I'm obviously Google Plus is no longer around, but like I just don't <laughs> rest in peace Google Plus. But I just don't like follow like Android people, YouTubers, you know, in that way. So like I just it just completely slipped my mind that Google I/O hadn't happened this year yet. So we are we are gonna get a Google I/O, which which happened this this past week. Uh, 
I want to begin by talking about the keynote, though. Just super quick. Representation. Only two white men out of like 10, 12 presenters. So good on Google. We, we had uh, black women, Asian women, we, um, Southeast Indian women or Southeast Asian, I should say specifically, there's a couple of Indian folks. Um, and, and, and for the black women too, they had, you know, folks who are actually dark skinned, right? Not like the, uh, you know, there's always like the diversity and, and inclusion team that has the racially ambiguous black person, <laughs> right? Like they had people who are like, I, you know, that's a black person. So that is very good. Black women are on stage. Very good there. Um, I'm sorry they're peddling AdSense. You know, hey, you deserve better in your life. But, but hey, represent, you know, we, we, yes, queen all the way to the war crimes, right? That, that's what, that's, that's the meme. But <laughs> that's, that's somebody's going to call you on that. Oh my God. That's somebody's going to. But, but, well, jokes aside there, <laughs> yeah. I did appreciate the varied perspectives and, and actual diversity that was on stage. And I think it's something to give kudos for. Even though they were selling us absolute bullshit, you know, hey, I prefer a salesperson to look like me. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so let's talk about, like, uh, so we have hardware. I think it's, we probably should just talk about hardware first and then we can do about what the software and stuff that's coming. Uh, so hardware, we have uh, four pieces of hardware. Uh, so we have Pixel 6a. We have Pixel 7. We have Pixel tablet and AR goggles. They don't have a product name, right? Like, they, they're just they're called AR goggles. I don't think they have a, like, a proper uh, name like they're not called pixel goggles or whatever like they just they don't, we don't really have a name yet right like they just had a they're called not going to ship <laughs> yeah so let's start with the so the most the products so these are like i listed them in order of like them actually like the ship dates i guess or like not ship dates uh, so let's start with the most uh i guess the most important of the products here right now is the pixel 6a which is shipping this year, like the previous uh, Ace, I guess you call it a series Pixel, uh, like the five A. Uh, this is like a mid-range device, right? You call it a mid-range uh, device, four hundred and fifty US dollars uh, starting price. Uh, it is shipping with the Google Tensor SoC that was in the Google Pixel. What was it? Six, right? Like the. 6, 6 Pro, like the Google Tensor SSC, uh, OLED display, uh, 6 gigabytes of RAM, and 128 gigabytes of storage, and a 4,300 uh, hour battery. I want to pause for a second on the specs, because I saw people on Twitter being like, only 6 gigs of RAM. My problem is, I, have, I don't use Android phones on a daily. So if you use Android, please at me. Is 6 gigabytes of RAM, like, not too little for Android? Like, for a device that's, like, around 500 bucks, is 6 gigabytes RAM actually too little? Like, I would think, as an iOS user, 6 gigabytes RAM, that's what the 12 Pro Max has. That should be fine for a phone. But given the amount of people who are talking negatively about it, like, is, is, if 6 gigabytes RAM is problematic, like, if, if, you, if you're a dedicated Android user who, likes static, thinks 16 gigabytes RAM or bus, please at me. At shows fine at Twitter. XYZ. <laughs> no, I I think and uh, RAM usage like uh, works differently in the Android world. I mean, has always worked differently, and Android, the Android market has always placed an emphasis on RAM as a spec sheet thing, like as as a, as a focus on spec sheets. So I'm I'm not surprised that people are like talking about the RAM mounts. I don't know how much it affects people realistically. Like I think the biggest thing people talk about when it comes to Android RAM numbers is app switching right like which how many apps are in memory at any given time right like so the more ram you have on an android device the android keeps more more apps in in ram so i think that is the but if if i know we have a lot of uh listeners who are android users uh and i suspect probably most of our use most of our listener base is actually like android users uh, just, just statistically speaking, most most people use Android. It's just been numbers. Uh, so if if you're an Android user and you have like opinions about you know RAM on Android phones, let us know. Uh, contact at twoshadesofbrand dot com. Uh, specs wise, I think the biggest uh, difference between the six A and the six is the uh, camera sensor, right? The camera sensor has is is a older camera which which phone did it's the exact same sony sensor that was used in the pixel 3 through 5. okay so it's it's a fairly old it's a fine sensor it's i mean it's an old one but we know what photos it's going to take and 
And I think that's the right trade-off piece. It's not a shit camera, right? And they also didn't do the thing that Samsung does, right? Like the lower-end phones where they'll put in like five cameras, but they're all garbage, right? Like it has like five different like a macro lens and shit where it's like you could have probably just, you know, taken that out and either lowered the price or put it towards a better main camera lens. So I'm happy they're doing that. And honestly, I think that's the right trade-off. I think for um, a, a cheaper device to focus on the processor, specifically one piece, this is going to get five years of security updates. Um, so at least, you know, to focus on one that'll last the long term and a camera that's good today and, and you at least knowing in the future may not be like the best camera, but it's going to be serviceable for years to come, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a serviceable camera, a 12 megapixel Sony sensor, by the way, uh, for anybody who's curious. Uh, so it has two camera lenses. Uh, and also, it's, uh, it's, it's to mention, uh, it has a, the phone has an IP67, uh, rating, so it is water resistant. Uh, so that is also a good thing. And no headphone jack, right? Uh, this is the, this is the big one. All the big one for us, but I think in the, in the mid-range Android market, not having a headphone jack is kind of like, uh, like, eh. Well, Google would love for you to buy the Pixel Buds A, right? With sure. Your Pixel 6 yeah, A. absolutely. I mean, absolutely, that's the play here, right? Like they, they don't want to put a put a like a three point five millimeter jack on it because you know they want to sell Pixel Buds. Uh, so yeah, just to just to make a note of it is that it does not have a does not have a headphone jack. Uh, just just so just so people know. And the second camera is a, is a wide angle lens. It's just, just I think it's the same sensor, like the same Sony sensor, just uh, a, a wide angle. Is there anything else? Like it comes in three colors: uh, white, green, like this, like light green and uh, and black. Um, I I don't know. Did they say how many markets this is coming in? Uh, yes, it's um going to be in eighteen markets. So it's not it's not like remember last year it was just the U.S. and Japan. This is actually going to have a global launch. So okay, that's, that's good. That that's always my problem with these like like devices like that. By five A was a pretty attractive device. I was like, you only sold it in like two countries, and I'm just like, well, excuse, uh, why, why? I honestly, I really like the design of this too. I, I like how this phone looks, and I think as well, like 60 hertz screen, that's fine for this price, bro. I, I, I mean, unless like the the thing with 60 hertz on a phone, I'm just like, unless you're playing video games on your phone all the time, I think 60 hertz is fine, right? Like, I don't think 60 hertz is a problem. Like 120 hertz is. It's expensive from like a like a battery life perspective, and most people are not gonna like it. Doesn't it's not gonna matter to ninety nine percent of people who use phones. Uh, like the phone, this market, like the market this phone is targeting. Like it does not matter if it has a one twenty hertz display or not. Like it just it just does not. I don't think. Uh, so, what is the, what is next up? Is is that the uh, Pixel Watch? Is that the one I forgot? No, I think we should do Pixel Buds Pro. That's coming up next, right? Because that, that's actually going to be coming out soon. So the Pixel 6a comes out July. Pixel 6, uh, uh, sorry, Pixel Buds Pro come out later as well. So basically, the Pixel Buds Pro are like the regular Pixel Buds, but they have noise cancellation and they have longer battery life. And I will just say my first complaint is the Buds have a Google logo on them. And they shouldn't. In my honest opinion, having that G on it looks gross. I don't want no Google logo coming out my ears. I feel it is my personal opinion that earbuds specifically should have no branding on them. That's no, that's fair. That's fair. I I, I agree actually. Like that, that's that's a, that's a, I actually wasn't like I wasn't looking too closely to it, but you're right. Like that Google logo on the on the on the on the on the, on the, on the side of these. Like I am not into it. Like that Google logo doesn't look good either. So it's just it's just kind of like branding for like it's not great. It comes in four colors, like all of the colors, like the Google logo, especially on like the orange-ish color. Is that orange or pink? I think that's pink. Uh, yeah, it's a coral, coral. Yeah, like it's like a reddish coral. Yeah, kind of like an orange pink mixed together. But yeah, no, if that didn't have the Google logo on it, I think that looked nice because you have like the two black inserts on the side, right, to kind of balance out the the this, the dome shape. But that Google logo is just like it it. Does it is I do not want a G on my ears, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so the big, I mean, this is the big one, big feature is obviously going to be the uh, the noise cancellation and the comparison point at this price range of uh, two hundred US dollars is going to be with the Air, uh, Apple AirPods Pro, right? Uh, so that is the big like feature comparison that I like that's I mean that's I mean we're not gonna know until these actually 
come out and reviewers have like have tested them you know uh like 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 have done like uh, noise cancellation tests like i am curious like about google's ability to like you know they were talking big game about putting a like a some sort of chip on this uh that does like uh like that has like uh neural machine oh my god they were like it's a it's a six core chip powered by machine learning and i i actually have i need a i need to complain about this for a moment so your earbuds cannot do real-time machine learning um, to do real-time machine learning for like RTX voice, you need a 3060, and that's literally that's like as thick as your wrist, right? Even for like a smaller 3060, even like a single slot card. So what really is happening is Google is using some like basically on another computer, you run some machine learning to figure out like an algorithm, right? That you can like put on an FPGA, right, for like removing noise, and that's what they're doing, which is fine. But don't tell me my earbuds are doing AI real time. Because that's not what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're that's it's misleading. Like it's not doing stuff like these. These are pre baked. Uh, like there's a chip on there that has like pre baked sort of algorithms. Math. Yeah, pre baked <laughs> math. math. Pre baked math on them that that does stuff like you know noise cancellation. Um, also like picking like noise cancellation. Also like noise filtering. Basically, and when you're using the uh the microphone on these devices, like filtering out things like, uh, you know, background noise, like cars and, and stuff like that, you know, fan noise and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's not like anything like, re- like it's not revolutionary in, in any sense of the word, but you know, Google is always like, you know, mach- good machine learning, bro. Uh, it, it's just, you know. also the one thing I am happy they have those multi-point Bluetooth because that's where you can have a pair to do things at once. And how well does that work? Realistically, can you tell me? Like, is that very from what I've like proper when Jabra? I think is the only other company at the moment for like buds. Sony does it for their bigger headphones, but for buds, that is proper multi-point. And from what I've heard, like, I mean, Windows has a shit Bluetooth stack. It's not the earbuds' fault, right? Yeah, yeah, that Windows stack is really bad. Yeah. Like Bluetooth on uh, Bluetooth on Windows is bad. But assuming right, that you have like a good Bluetooth limitation from a Mac or to an Android phone. It's pretty seamless because it, you know, it'll just it'll just hop back and forth between them without an issue because it contain it maintains a connection to both because it probably has like two radios in it or something. Right. So like the AirPods Pro does this, right? Like the AirPods Pro. Well, I mean, kind of, but it does it with devices on your Apple ID. Yeah, yeah, it does. Like that's what I was talking about the like the device switching, right? Like where it switches from your AirPod from your phone to for to the uh, to the tablet. Uh, I don't. I don't know if that's like Bluetooth multipoint or is that just like some sort of like. It's like some custom Apple version of it. They don't. They don't support the actual Bluetooth multipoint standard, spec. right? Okay, so this is like you know, so theoretically you're gonna be able to pair this with like you know like your Android phone and like a tablet, and have it like be paired with both and be able to switch uh, between them. Uh, interesting. Uh, Bluetooth features always. I'm just because Bluetooth is very finicky to me, uh, and sometimes it just feels like, yeah, this feature is actually cool, but like doesn't actually work in real in the real world scenarios. Like, I there's always my uh, doubts about uh, Bluetooth. Uh, what else about these uh, we're talking about? I think uh, did they say battery life? Did they mention battery life at this at all? Or yeah, battery it- life. They're longer than the AirPods Pro. They get about. Let me see here. Looking through the article, they get about, they want to say seven hours of noise cancellation on. Let me see where it's at. It is. Yeah, I think they mentioned seven hours. Uh, 11 hours without seven hours with. Uh, okay. Yep. That's pretty good. That's a, that's a pretty, that's a solid, uh, solid amount of battery life. I mean, you probably get like fatigued after keeping them in for yeah, like yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, I get fatigued uh, keeping like the AirPods Pro in after like a couple hours. Max, like after a couple of hours, I'm just like I, I just want, I don't want to use them now anymore. So like, yeah, that's it's, it's fine. Uh, I, I mean, these are like I'm cool. I, like I'm I, the Google logo aside. Like I think these are fine. Like I'm sure the noise cancellation is gonna be like serviceable. Like you know, like it's gonna be probably be okay. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be as good as like you know wearing like the, those bows. Quiet comforts or whatever they're called, right? Or, or the Sony's, right? Like the the, the over the ear. Listen, it's not going to be as good as my Moondrop waifu IEMs, but you know what? That's not what it's for. <laughs> shout outs to Critical. Uh, shout outs to the waifus out there. Uh, big no, no, no. I'm not. I don't. I I don't engage with that community. <laughs> that is not my community. That's not stats. Mm. 
Uh, so do so is next going to be the Pixel Watch? Is that the is that the one that's coming next? Yeah, because that's also going to ship this year. So Google announced a Pixel Watch, but isn't shipping until this fall. Uh, I guess they want to just get around leaks. Um, I mean, it's going to run Wear OS. It's going to have Fitbit integration, and I like the design. I don't know. We don't know anything else about it except the design. It looks nice. Okay, so my my thought about this is the circular screen means that menu items get weirdly cut off like have you did you notice like the like like when they were like scrolling i I guess for like a brief second on like yeah no i would you know you could they could make the ui fit the round screen properly is it google do i have any faith in that happening no no not at all but there are ways around this with proper design i I don't know i don't know if like apple's like apple watch design has like warped my brain but i i'm not like like for a digital watch like this i I prefer the square design over the circular one. I don't know if it's just like me using. Apple I mean, watch. in general, I think computers just work better with boxy screens. That's that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I, I mean, it looks nice with the analog watch face, like on uh, this Google Pixel, uh, 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 Google Pixel Watch. Like it, it looks looks good. Uh, but like realistically, using the UI. I mean, I mean to be fair, uh, I, even using the UI on an Apple Watch isn't particularly great either but it's better because the the square screen is more suitable for for most computer operating systems uh the watch band situation is it going to be like like these are custom watch bands these are not any sort of standard i mean which i'm not i can't complain because obviously apple does it right so i mean i now use an apple watch it's just that google better offer really good design options for it right that's what i'm hoping yeah Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't announce though if it's like two different sizes. They they did not announce any of it. So you know we really don't know much outside of the design. So I mean I don't know if it's going to be just this size or if it's going to be two sizes. But um I think that this is a probably the nicest like Apple Watch competitor I've seen so far. The Samsung watch has always been functional, but to me the Samsung watches look like watches for men. Capital T M right? Like they look like cat watches for men. And I as 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 um. As me and my hair, my pastel baby blue nails, I don't want to watch for men. Cap uh, TM. That's not what I'm about. Once again, you know, if you, if you, regardless of whatever gender, right? Like I'm saying, this is gender neutral. You know, you can be whatever gender and appreciate watch for men, but I don't appreciate watches for men because they're too big. A small computers are the best computers. Y'all know how I feel about it. You know the vibes. Fair, 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 fair. I, I mean, I have the bigger Apple Watch, but it doesn't feel like, uh, big i guess because i have like i mean it's it's it's, it fits my wrist size i guess but like if you have like a smaller wrist size that's my question is like does this come in like a smaller size or not like 38 or 42 whatever whatever the apple sizes are at this point i think they they increased it by one millimeter i forget what the what the size is now yeah i mean they didn't even announce too if it's like you know different colors or anything too so all we know is just like this white and that because I think like a anodized, like maybe like a gold or like a, a pink sort of color, right? Maybe a blue would look nice. Like I feel like there's colors you could do with this that definitely would look nice. But once again, Google has not announced anything. And we don't know any specs. For all we know, this could be running the god-awful fucking Wear OS processor that Qualcomm made five years ago. And it probably is because it's Google, <laughs> right? Did, didn't, they, didn't they say this is going to run their next generation tensor? What is it? The, uh, the 44100, isn't it? Or like the next generation Tensor SSC? Did, did they say that? Or is that, am, am I mis- mistaken? Or is that the Pixel 7 that's actually going to run that's the, the Pixel 7. Oh, so damn it. God damn it. <laughs> I'm looking at the Arsenico article. They made yeah, no, no, no it's, it's not, it's, the it processor. was not the watch. It was not the watch. There was no processor mentioned for the watch. So I am very skeptical. I am very skeptical about Google's, uh, this this Google attempt at, again, uh, reviving the sort of, quote unquote Android Wear Wear OS, whatever they're calling it this year, uh attempt. Like I they have not been the Fitbit integration looks cool. Like I'm sure the Fitbit integration is probably the best part of this watch because like the Fitbit stuff is I've heard I've heard is pretty good, right? So you know the Fitbit It's the only part Google didn't make themselves. <laughs> yep, yep, sure did not. Like they did not did not make that. So you know that's probably the the most appealing feature to but we have like no details, no pricing, nothing, uh, no specs. So just, you know, before you get too excited about it, just just hold up before before you get more details. 
because it's it's not worth like getting excited about because it might just be like a very bad product. Um, Google Pixel Seven first, then okay. So Pixel Seven, this is once again to get ahead of leakers. I guess they announced the next phone. Get ahead of leakers. It's just so weird. Uh, like announcing these products so ahead of time. I mean, I guess it makes sense. You're at you are at your developer event. Might as well announce some some things like this. Uh, so this is the next uh, flagship sort of Pixel device in the Pixel series. Uh, Pixel Seven and Pixel Seven Pro going to have a new, uh, like a next generation, and like a newer Google Tensor SoC in it. No details on the SoC itself. I'm guessing, like, it's, I don't know if it's a newer process, like, who's making it. Like, we don't know anything about that. Uh, no very vague details, just like the, just like the watch, like, no pricing. Uh, we just have some pictures with, like, you know, looks like three sensors, three camera sensors on the back. Uh, for the pro, pro phone, two camera sensors on the, on the, on the, base seven uh i is there anything else to say other than that like it just looks like what what is it what did they say this was gonna supposed to be coming out 2023 or 20 uh no they come out later this year the pixel 7 yeah latest year but now now we got to talk about the next thing now we got to talk about the next thing though so google you know what's what's there's some stories that are older than time me and windows phone um, you and you and Carly Rae Jepsen, uh, Google and failing to make tablets a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have now announced a Pixel tablet, which looks like the generic kind of tablet you would see in like, you know, if someone at Netflix is like, oh shit, we need to like, you know, put a device around our tablet UI, uh, mock something up real quick. Yep, 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 yep. It looks like this a is, is such a generic design and but they're announcing an Android tablet that's coming out in 2023, over a year. And I have many questions. One, why? Two, why does it look like this? Three, why does it look like this? And four, why did you announce it so early? Yeah, that's my question. Like, why is this being announced so early? Like, like what is the point of this? Like, I, like it's yeah, like with the watch and the and the Pixel 7, at least they're coming out somewhat like decently recently like, and they've already been leaked before so it makes sense for them to be like you know hey y'all have already yeah seen but it. this Here's one i this one it looks like ass it looks like a prototype concept. like you, you like it literally like looks like a like the the pictures they have it looks like a like a prototype that you have for a tablet like it's not actual hardware design like, like it looks like a very generic looking tablet hardware like i i, I joke that it looked like the nexus 10 uh from I don't even remember when that was from. Uh, that was a long time ago. Why are the bezels white though? That's my thing. Why? What? We have we have all realized, you know, like even I guess on the iMac it kind of makes sense, but for a tablet, like it just you're not doing productivity work on a tablet. And for content, yeah, for for content consumption device, right? Like what, what a device you're gonna be watching like uh netflix and stuff like that on like why is the bezel white that's that's also my question do we know for sure the bezel is white like this could be just like a like they could have like a different version of this tablet which is like completely black i i like we don't know there's literally like no details about this and it's it's, it's one of the mysterious product announcements coming in 2023 i guess like I guess they just just didn't want to like I don't, I don't know man like it's just so bizarre like they must be aware that people make fun of them for the tablet situation is that why this is the thing like I don't uh, I don't I don't I don't really I don't really uh oh so like Rod mentions this in the architecting article the Nexus Nine was the in 2014 the Nexus Nine which I completely forgot existed uh was the last like actually like Android and proper Android tablet from Google right. Um. So, and in 2018, there was the uh. I think we dunked on it pretty much uh, a lot. The the Chrome OS powered uh Pixel Slate. Do we remember the Pixel Slate? Uh, I, I don't know if anybody does. I I try not to. You know, I'm I've been working on my sleep schedule recently. I try I try not to remember the Pixel Slate. <laughs> Pixel Slate. All right. So that, that's so that's the thing that happened. Like they just talked about it. Like oh, no, cool. We we're making a tablet. Nobody like you know it's cool. We're gonna be able to do video calls on it, like literally every other tablet. Uh, you know, it, it can interface with your Nest devices. Cool, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh yes, for everyone who has a home full of Nest devices. 
all five of you are eaten. But, um, you know, I think before we jump to the last thing, I think just to abstract on this keynote, I was telling you this before we, we began the show. This is the Google IOs remind me a lot of, um, of the Xbox Bethesda keynotes, right? Where it's like Microsoft announces the great games coming out in two years from now. Google is announcing stuff that may or may not ship in two years from now. And all the stuff that's shipping, like Android 13, we're barely going to talk about it because it's just like platform changes. There are some things we'll talk about in a minute for it, of course, but it's just basic platform changes, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. But, but like you, you can't keep teasing people with shit that never ships, right? Like these are all aspirational marketing events for things that are not real. It is, it, it, it's a good brand building event, surely, but for, from like an actual, I'm a person who would like to buy Google products. Firstly, I'm sorry for you, but you know, who would, I would like to buy these products perspective. What is there you can actually buy? The things you can actually buy are the two lower end, pix- the lower end pixel phone, the pixel buds and the pixel seven and the watch that comes out later in the year. And that's, that's fine. You could stop there and that's, that's enough. That's content. And, and that's fine. And that's fine. Right. Like it's, 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 yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's like, that, that's a solid product line. Like it's not like, it's not like, they just announced one phone and that's it. Like they announced two phones. Uh, one of them is going to be like a mid-range device and one of them is going to be uh, a flagship uh, device. And they announced uh, earbuds. They announced like, like that's enough of a product. There's enough product launches to sort of be like, okay, cool. They, they launched some products. Like that's cool. Like they actually launched the product. I don't see the need for these sort of weird, like, like Apple... I think one of the things that everybody remembers about the, I think Apple, everybody jokes about air power, right? Uh, remember air power? Uh, remember how that was like a whole thing that Apple announced and it just, nothing happened, right? Like just, I guess the product just failed in like the design, but they announced it too way too early. And that's what happens when you announce a product way too early is that you, you give yourself like, it's like the product's going to fail. Like, it, it can fail, and then you're, like, stuck, like, with people are like, oh, I wanted to buy that product, but I guess I cannot. Uh, but that's why Apple does not announce products that are, like, most of the time, like, 99% of the time, Apple announces products that they're actually going to ship. Uh, uh, like, that's, like, the, like, why, what, what's the point of announcing, like, the tablet and what are we going to talk about next, which is the... Uh, um. I don't know if you like uh, this is uh, like the Google uh, I'm going to do another Google Plus uh bit here uh is uh, do you remember the time when Google Glass was the uh, was the hotness on on Google Plus? Uh Oh yes, I remember I remember the glass holes. The glass holes I was about this I was about to mention the glass holes. Do you remember all these people like wearing like you you would know a person had a Google Glass because their profile picture would have them like have a picture of them wearing wearing it because, because. <laughs> no, no no you having no no you got it wrong having a google glass is like it's like being a twitch streamer they make it known to you before you even yeah ask. it's like it's like it's like being an arch linux user you know they're gonna like they're gonna tell you like it's... exactly like trust me <laughs> you, you you put a you put a whole room of arch linux users into one room and you, you... <laughs> have the arch linux users find the google google uh glass users that's that's the that's the one I want. Uh, so, so Google has, uh, in in their very vague style of announcement this year, uh, has announced uh, drum roll, please, uh, AR goggles. I should say in the keynote, he took a very funny Sundar Pichai took a very funny shot at Meta. He's like, you know, we think the real world is great, and then just paused. It was very, very good. It was a very good shot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a, okay. That, I'll give Sundar that one. I think Sundar, I think Sundar is a good presenter. Like uh, no, like it's fine. Like, uh, but this this product, like literally, all we got was was just like a video. We got a we got a video, a marketing video uh, of a, a supposed prototype of this AR glass, which does live live translation. So. So the, the, the so to, for me to describe this video, somebody is wearing this this glass, uh, and somebody else is speaking. That that they could be speaking in another language, and the glass will dynamically on the fly translate that voice, that that language, and like overlay 
the the text on your vision, like you know, like an AR in an AR format. Like that's the supposed prototype. They had a very very touching uh, video with like uh, with like a mother and a daughter. Like the mother speaks Mandarin and the daughter only speaks English. So they're like, you know, finally able to get really connect using language naturally, you know, very, and they had like a ASL speaker, you know, like do ASL and have the, the glass, like supposedly allegedly translate ASL into English, right? Like that, that was like a thing, like that was a whole video. It's, it's a very, for the, for the marketing person or people that made this video, Good job. Great, great video. Like, it's a very good video. From a marketing perspective, it's like an excellent... The After Effects team at Google deserves a raise. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 doing, they're doing good over there. It's a very good video. But, uh, it's literally vaporware. There is nothing here. Like, it's this is, there is, we don't, like, we don't even know if this hardware actually works or exists or actually works as it's supposed to, like as it's demonstrated in the video because if it's if it actually works as demonstrated in the video i feel like google should make a bigger deal about that because like that's some future star trek shit bro if it actually works you you, you do a live demo of it that's why we know it's not yep, real you do a live demo yeah 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 you're right you're right if there was if it actually worked outside of a lab or even like as as a, like a like as a proof of concept, like they would like, you know, have have a live demo. So they don't and we only get uh, a vague shot, a video about uh about the possibilities of AR. Uh and uh, Sundar Sundar was selling it. Sundar was like, you know, the power of connection. <laughs> you know, language. <laughs> I'm not trying to make fun of Sundar here, but like he was literally being in the real world. Yeah. Being in the real world, you know, that's what he was talking about. Which you know I, I once again, I think I've, I've said it before. I, I think AR, if we are going to move towards any computer vision, is probably a far better idea than VR. But, but it's just these are obviously pipe dreams. Obviously, it's just something for it's this is what gets people talking about Google IO, right? These bigger demos. It's not anything that's going to ship. However, I do think this is how we will eventually start to see AR roll out. Like, I do not think we'll actually get generalized products, but you'll sort of have the, uh, you know, like these translation glasses that do one thing and that's it right like i think that's what we'll probably start to see things like that right that's you know what that's fine actually i think i think i think that's fine because i i think more uh, like specific purpose like devices like this that focus on one aspect of using ar like one aspect of one thing that it does really well like translation right like translation is like that is an actual product use case, right? Like that to me, that's the thing with this demo is that I think this is a great idea. Like I honest to God think that being able to understand somebody else's language using like but even like I mean machine translation has a lot of problems. I'm not gonna get into that right now, but like like theoretically in, in an ideal world where these glasses are like really good at this translation feature, doing it live would be an actual breakthrough in, in technology. Like, so, like, I that would be actually cool. So that's why I'm like, you know what, that would be cool. But it's like, we don't have any, like, and then with Google's track record with such technologies, I have do not have much hope in, in this actually being a shipping product of any kind in the next five to ten years. You know, like, this is, uh, this is like, very aspirational, it feels. Uh, so, you know, it's... Huh. Okay. So speak like let's move on to something that is actually gonna ship to people. Uh which uh which is Android thirteen. Uh what is this year I I, I the only notable thing I've seen about Android thirteen is that they made the change the music player notification thing where the music does little like the, the, the progress bar does waveforms, I guess. Like cool. I don't know if there's like other large user facing features that we that are worth. It's talking. really just more improvements to material U. This seems more of just like a a smaller platform update, which is fine. I I, I once again I don't I don't think that's an issue. Um, because you the thing is right, Google's a lot of their features now are coming as part of Pixel phones. So I actually don't imagine we're not going to see what the actual real features are like user facing ones until Pixel phones come out later on this year. So for the basic stuff is just privacy changes, uh, more improvements, more um, individualized privacy settings. You can do per app languages. 
So say, for example, you know, you have family out in another country and you use a specific chat app for it and you want that chat app to be in that language, right? Or social media app to be in that language and your other app, like on your email app to be in English, you can do, you can do per language um, for apps. Totally makes sense. RCS uh, Bell here is getting, <laughs> is getting ETE and ending uh, chat support. Uh, yeah, RCS. <laughs> So did you know Android never, never Android had notifications on by default for third-party apps? Oh, you mean like it, it doesn't? It's not a permission that the app has to request, is that? Yeah. So now, now they're adding uh, notifications permissions. Okay, that's good because guess, and you guess. can limit um, being able to access like files permissions. You can limit them to either being you know seeing music right, and audio right, files right, or right, photos right, files. Right. Like you can get yeah, I think, file browsing permissions. I think they implemented the with it. APIs for that last year. Like the APS to restrict. Well, it, it was began rolling out, but now you're now getting more granular control with the new file APIs. But there are some as we go over um, Jetpack Compose. I know I, I like talking about it. Nothing really huge, just more minor improvements. Nothing I don't think is really worth bringing up. I still think it's cool. But there are some accessibility changes. I, I do. I do want to talk about. Um, and we do have some videos in the show notes, which you can always find at twoshadethebrown.com on what's new for Android accessibility. And so. The first one being is that Android is getting proper Braille display support built in without needing a third-party app. Uh, for folks that are curious, Braille displays are essentially devices that have Braille dots that will correlate to the text on screen when using a screen reader, and they have buttons for you to enter Braille. So you can navigate and read fully with Braille using a Braille display. iOS is that native support for it forever, macOS as well. So Android is now getting better Braille display support. Uh, Braille displays are cool, and I am happy to see that. And as well, they are including a new sort of like image description um, API set, which basically iOS is a similar feature of a feature called voiceover recognition. But what it does is it it's guessing, of course, but it tries to accurately guess what is what the image is. So if the image doesn't have alt captions, it will try and guess and be like, oh, this is a dog, this is a mountain, this is you know uh, whatever, uh, this is a penis. That's probably unfortunately it may it may say a lot because. The image, the internet is a scary place, right? But like those are the sorts of things it will tell you, and um, and so that's cool. I'm happy to see that come through as a as a native OS feature, and then something else they are bringing as well is let's see what's the feature called? Uh, sound sound amplifier, which is like, uh, which is uh, I think uh, the the AirPods Pro can do these like with with uh... it's better than live listen and conversation boost because it doesn't require one specific headphone. And you can do noise reduction for what's coming in. You can actually play with the sound. Because what Live Listen does on iOS is just pumps out the sound and that's it. Um, for context, Live Listen is you put your phone on a table, you have your headphones in, it'll take the audio from the phone and pipe it into your ear, amplifying it. So Android has a similar feature coming in 13, but what it's going to do instead is that you get filters and knobs. So you can do like background noise reduction to focus on people speaking, which is a feature only present on AirPods Pro right now. This is coming system-wide. And then there's um, another feature called the Accessibility Reader, which iOS has similar features to this, right? But it's just that what Android does is it puts it on one um, UI. So what the Accessibility Reader is, so you know you have like those reading apps, they have reader views where you can change font size, text size, right, colors to make things more accessible when you're reading. Android has that now, but it also has the ability to have it spoken aloud in the same UI. iOS has like the reader view in Safari and then there's um, spoken content to have things read aloud. But I, I think having it on one panel that developers can just put into their apps is, is definitely better than having to play around with multiple controls to get there. And then there's um, sound notifications, which is sort of like how uh, iOS is able to identify sound feature, which, you know, an alarm goes off, your phone will give you a notification to your watch, whatever, telling, you know, hey, there's a fire alarm, there's a baby crying, a dog barking. Um, Android seems from the screenshots to have a timeline, which is actually really cool, where it'll show you like during what times of days is going off. That's that's dope. Uh, that's that's yeah, that's that's a clever one. Uh, I, I I think that's about like Android thirteen has. Uh, when will Android thirteen come out? I think I guess so. With the well, there's actually some other developer features I think I would want to talk about with the accessibility stuff, specifically one called semantics for accessibility features. And and the way to think about this is there is a you you're using the screen reader, right? By default, it goes down line by line. You know, say you're in a, a chat app or you're on a Mastodon app, um Gargon fix your voiceover support, please. But say you're using a Mastodon app. 
you go down through a post, it would be, you know, pack a cat, 10 forward.social, time. And these are all things, right? You're going down one by one with your screen reader. Time, image, alt text, nude Overwatch 2 player. There we go. Favorite, favicon, button, more, the next post, right? Semantics does is it allows you to group it together. So if you go down to the post, it reads out the entire thing instead of you having to go one by one through each item in the post. Because the idea is, you know, is the voiceover saying, you know, say you, you know, swipe to the right to go to the next item when you're scrolling through post, does it make sense for the voiceover or voice, uh, voice reader, you know, screen reader software to just read out loud packetcat 10 forwards.social with no other context without you having to go to the next item, right? It makes sense to group it because the context would be post at this time, this date with what the post is. Right. So this, I th- I'm just saying this would require developers to essentially group content, like it's to sort of apply. Yeah, it, these are these are like uh, meta tags, right, on your buttons and all of that. And you can also opt out of things being read by the screen reader. Now you might say, why would you do that? So you're an RSS reader. You have a list of articles, and there's also like a bookmark icon, you know, to the right of each article. By default, your screen reader is going to say. Uh, Daring Fireball post 10 seconds ago, John Gruber, blah, 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 blah. Swipe onto the right. Next thing is bookmark. Then Mac Stories, blah, 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 blah. Bookmark. Then Verge, bookmark. So you can opt out of that bookmark being where the, where the screen reader cursor goes to because instead, um, Android has this, Mac OS has it, iOS has it. There's a, a thing called actions where there's a different gesture you do to open an actions menu, which are things you can do to what it's reading, right? Copy it paste it. So instead of having bookmark be its own thing the screen reader reads, you can tell the screen reader to ignore it and just add it as an action. So if someone wants to bookmark it, they just go to their actions and select bookmark. So you're not having to hear it because that just gets annoying after a while, right? Of it reading out bookmark on every single thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. I mean, now this all requires work from developers and I mean, even on iOS, like it's, it's people don't care. <laughs> like, Sadly, people don't care. So, I mean, I'm happy they're adding it at a platform level, you know, because it's a simple way of doing it. It's literally like CSS-style tags, right? You just throw them in a group and say it. But, you know, you know, I, I'm not saying developers are, are lazy or anything like that. I would never insinuate that. But I'm totally saying y'all don't give a fuck. Yeah, the incentives are not there. Uh, there are no incentives for developers to really actually develop properly for, for disabled users. I mean, some some developers do just for... I mean, the thing is about it's, it's like to me, it's interesting that big apps, like often, I mean, not always, but like big companies like develop apps like, that are that are like, really, really big apps. They usually tend to be more accessible than like really small ones, right? Like, I like, is that like a general trend on iOS as well versus like you know? Well, it depends on. There's a middle ground, right? So there are indie, there are indie developers that really use just you know system built in iOS components or Android components and you get accessibility by default if you use the you know the system ones. You you have to start doing custom stuff. And those are like that middle ground, right? Like mid size apps, games, they do custom things and they don't bother to implement it. And it's like I mean I guess from an ROI perspective, sure. There's not a big return on investment, but that's not the point of it, right? It's at least in my perspective, it's it's you know, you just don't care. Right. Like it and and if anything, do it for the cloud. You you got proper accessibility support that that's 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 big energy. Go you know f- stun on your haters. No one no one no flex on the timeline. Tell everyone to mass on. They can fuck off because you got accessibility support in your app. Like whatever, I'll boost it. Like sure, if that gets you to do it, whatever, man. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. It's, honestly, accessibility is like a whole. I feel like accessibility is a podcast like by itself, just like just a topic of accessibility, especially in mobile apps by by themselves. Um, so is there anything else that we want to mention about Android 13? Uh, I don't think no, we have. No, I think we, I think we touched on all the important stuff. Um, you know, Android 13 may or may not be coming to a phone near you. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So I yeah, think, the, uh, but, so Android uh, 13 will ship with the, the Pixel, the, 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 the 7, 7, right? Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, before we go. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, so. Uh, the, the I don't know if people are aware. There's a Halo TV show happening, uh, airing rather, uh, on uh, Paramount Plus, I believe, in the United States. Uh, and um, 
I stopped watching it two episodes ago at this point. Uh, because I was just, I don't know, like, I'm not really feeling that, like, the vibes here. Like, I'm not really enjoying the story. The, like, there are some cool characters, but it's not enough for me to stick with the show. So, I like, I'm just, like, I just dropped the show. I, maybe I'll watch it when it, like, finishes the season. I'll go back and, like, watch watch the rest of it. But right now, I'm just not watching it. So, this, this past week, this past Thursday, is Thursday is when, when new episodes come out. Uh, Thursday Curse Day, as I like to call it now. <laughs> so there was a new episode of uh, of, of this uh, Halo TV show, uh, and in this episode, uh, the Master Chief John John Halo, as I like to call him, John Halo, smart smarter than one one seven, um, has sex. He fucks <laughs> like this is it. Just happens, bro. Like I don't know the details because I've not watched the uh the episode uh i will probably eventually watch it and i'm sure it will be uh very funny but uh it happened and i'll just say my thoughts on this to everybody to every halo fan who who saw this who saw this happen i was like what are, what are they doing uh don't worry the show is not canon as i keep reminding people so if this shit happens you can just forget it, forget it happened because it's not going to be talked about in the next Halo, what, next Halo video game? I don't know if there's going to be another Halo video game, but, like, you know, the next Halo official canon drop or whatever. Like, it's not going to be, like, there's not going to be a lore book entry that says Master Chief had sex uh, with a character that's also not canon. Um, so, um... So, so what what is there anything you, you have to say about this uh, entire uh, event? Uh. It's honestly, I was wondering how how they're going to do you know the read storyline in this um, TV show, and the fact that Master Chief fucked and then came the follow reach is something that I'm very just. That's one way to do it. <laughs> uh, uh, it's I I think the the bigger problem is. It's not just the chief doing it. It's that the chief has neurologically, neurally connected to his brainstem a sentient being known as Cortana, connected directly into his brain at all times, at every, like all the time, 24-7. Which means that our poor AI friend Cortana had witnessed this happen like she just she was just there a fly on the wall but literally in her in 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 mastery's brain i like i i honestly like the lower possibilities like you know like did 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 cortana like uh like record all the telemetry from this like what what happened what's what's what what are cortana's thoughts about having to experience this uh, this behavior, uh, I, I, I'm sure. Uh, did they cover that in the show? I don't know if you know. Like, do they? Is Cortana? I don't. I don't watch the. I who knows, man. All I know is is that now there's some. There's absolutely you know some very sensitive data in an Azure data center right now, and I'm not sure if it's GDPR compliant. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bro. That's that's the worst joke that, I think we can make. I it's think not GDPR. Yeah, Shades up. of Brown is not GDPR compliant. Um, all right, let's let's wrap this up before we like completely derail. Um, Unlike the chief, <laughs> that's bad. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, God. like he, 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 um, he, as I say, he finished the fight. Um, okay. No, no, he didn't actually. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Um, as always, show notes on twoshadesofbrown.com. Uh, mostly about the Google stuff, but I'm sure I put a link in about the Halo thing as well. Uh, you can you can uh, contact us. Email is on the site as well. Contact at twoshadesofbrown.com. Let us know your thoughts on uh, Google I.O. Uh, also, if you have thoughts about the Halo TV shows, I mean, I'm sure. I'm, I'm down to talk about it. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, I don't really mind. Uh, feel free to email. Uh, you can find me at Packacat at 10forward.social. Uh, do not add me about the Kendrick album, naturally. Uh, just, just, just don't. 
Um, and also on my website, uh, sonicsafe.com. Uh, and Shosa, uh, where do people find you? Yeah, so um, this week's Love Live episode. It's been a little bit since we had the corner. Yeah, uh, we're finally yeah, able to get true. back in a crunchy role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finally <laughs> watched, um, been watching Love Live. Yeah. And I am so happy with how they did Shiriko for, uh, Shiriko rather, sorry, for, for the season. Way better, way better characterization than they had in the gotcha game. They are doing this, sto- this storyline justice. Um, love, love the story. Fuck with it heavily. Great bops. Um, she's always been one of my favorite singers in the Niji family of Love Live characters. And um, I'm actually engaging in this. I've been joking and sad about it, but I think it, was, you know, it might be a fun project to do. I'm going to make it like an anime rate site, like anime warning site, something like that, where, where basically the, the core idea is you type in an anime name and I just list the problematic shit, right? So say you pull up... Um, you know, like Usagi drop, right? And the warning would be dad ends up dating daughter. Like that, that's like, it tells you why you don't want to watch that show because that's how it ends. Right. And then you, then you can make an educated decision on, should I watch the show or not? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like go into spoilers for it, but just be like, you know, dad dates daughter. Like that, that'd be like a one sentence thing. Right. And then that, that's clear enough where like you can know to stay away and do not interact with me if that's not what you think. <laughs> but yeah, but right. You, you will know like on the show or like another show, you'd be like, Oh, Episode five, there's a weird dating your sister plot line. Or, or there's like, your, right? like some like, like weird stuff or like uh, sexual you know, assault or pr- some, yeah, some. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, you know, pro- like racism, blackface in this episode. Right. Like those sorts of things. So that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, starting a site like that, um, you know, you go at me at, at chose find Twitter XYZ at chose find on Twitter still. Unfortunately, chose find that website. Like, you know, let me know if that's something we'd be interested in, because I think I think there's merit in it. But um, that's just that's be a be a fun little weekend project yeah absolutely uh all right that's that's uh that's our episode goodbye bye